This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on the woman behind the business, beauty, brains, and business sense. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today our guests are boosting our confidence, blazing new paths, and bolstering the image of full-figure women as bad boss babes. When most of us think of a beauty pageant, we often think of women who rock beautiful smiles, skinny waistlines, and voluptuous personalities. Well, today we're going to introduce you to, and reintroduce to some, women who embrace their title as Miss Full Figured USA. The ladies who wear the full figure crown are just as beautiful, and they flaunt their curvaceous figures, contagious smiles, and brilliant personalities. Our first guest is Miss Lauren Coleman Ross, Miss Full Figure USA Swimwear 2016. She is an advocate of self-love and is the epitome of exemplifying what she believes to be her diva principles, determination, inspiration, vivacious ambition. Last year, she launched the Lauren Ross Experience, a production company that focuses on full-figure pageantry, where she seeks to empower women to be their own champion. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was really good, Angel. I like that. That sounds so important. (laughs) You so silly. All right. So, your story just sounds so amazing. Thank and I'm you. curious to know, what was life like before pageantry? Life was interesting. You know, as a plump girl, you know, you automatically she get said stereotyped. said a plump girl. Hey, Jesus. Look, it was plump. <laughs> you know, you automatically get stereotyped. And not only was I the plump girl, I was the chocolate cherry of the family. You know, so you deal with a lot of adversity. A lot of people assume things about you. So life before the pageant was more me finding me, you mm-hmm. know, uh, being a mother, quite early in age and people automatically assuming that I wouldn't continue education and going on to be something that would be able to provide for my children without the assistance of the public and, you know, things of that nature. Um, I was never one to go in a corner, you know, I'll fight my way out of anything. And mm. I wasn't quiet, of course. Uh, but at the same time, you dealt with a lot of things that came your way that you really just didn't understand being young, mm-hmm. for one. So I had to do a lot of soul searching and develop Lorraine today. Mm. So she was the girl who will be loud and rambunctious, but at the same time would go home and from time to time and cry, mm. you know, because mm. she had to deal with the reality of life and what people envisioned her to be versus what she really was. Now, how did you or why did you in 2016 decide to even enter into the pageant? It's a very funny story. So I was sitting on the couch because, you know, when I was younger, I was the girl that after a while I was the thick girl on the Chilean squad, on the flat squad. I went right here in D.C. The Friendship Educational Center was known for the best band in junior high school. If you're somewhere else, sorry for you, but we was. Um, <laughs> and then I also got into modeling. I, our football coach, who was a really good guy, his name was Brock, and he... Pull me in and say, look, I like your style. I think you should model. I said, model, please. So I did some shows, and I started 14. When I was sitting at home in 2016, well, it was 2015 pretty much, and I was looking on YouTube, and I was looking for full-figure stuff, you know, just looking at plus size. You look at things that look like you to inspire you. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, this very flamboyant woman comes up on the screen. Her name is Teresa Randolph. Her name was well, Teresa Sparkle Randolph. And she was talking about these beautiful women parading around in beautiful gowns. And and everything was celebrated about them and the curves around them. And then I realized this thing is in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) And I look and I watched a couple of videos. After being doing that for about a couple of hours in the middle of the night, I say, I emailed her. Mm. And I said, I think I want to do this. And in my mind, it didn't come out on the paper. I think I want to do this. I came out, hi, are you auditioning outside of New Jersey? Mm. And she said she was. And then by the time I finished that conversation, the next morning, I woke my husband up for work. And I said, guess what we're going this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) And then I wanted to do it. But I went out on faith. I really mm-hmm. didn't think too much about it. I just kept on saying, well, I see people who look like me and they look like they're having a good time mm-hmm. and they look like they're really celebrating who they are. Why can't I do that? I can try it. Why not? So that's what made it happen for me. Now, 
What was that experience like, though? Like entering, I think, if you know, sometimes we have thoughts as, you know, it's going to be one way and then you get in it and it's a totally different situation. What was this experience like? You know, when you get in there, when I got there, of course, I mean, you see me in person. I'm a short woman and I'm the round, uh, you know, I'm the round size. You know, when you look at, I'm, the round, I'm the round one. <laughs> and when you look at the girls that's in this pageant, these girls are still beautiful. And they're, some of them are really tall and they have what we call the Coca-Cola bottle shape. It's a two liter, but it's still a Coca-Cola, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you kind of get a little discouraged because you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Oh, you up. know, hold up. You know, <laughs> wait a minute. What's she doing? You know? And then you start to Okay, women do it all the time. You size yourself up against the person that's next to you. Mm-hmm. So it's anxiety in it. It's some doubtfulness in it. And then you're going to have to bring it back in and be like, you know, wait, focus on what you got going on here because they're focus not going to. Focus on self. Yes, focus on me. And then I'll be, I thought I went in the bathroom and breathed a couple of times and threw some water on the side because I didn't want to mess up my wake up and my makeup. But then I got myself together and I went in there. So, okay, so you're going to see me. Yeah. And then... You know, it took it from there. So that leads me to my next question. Are there size requirements to be or to enter into the Miss Full Figured uh, women pageant? It is. And, you know, it's just like anything else. You know, there are requirements to fulfill the need of what our audience is and who we're catering to. Mm-hmm. For Miss Full Figured DMV and for the USA brand, it starts at size 12 and up. Hmm. And we do that because we want you to know, you know, even at that size, because in the industry, a full-figure girl start at eight, mm-hmm. sometimes six. You mm-hmm. know, the average woman in America is a 14. Mm-hmm. So we're right there in the middle, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> that 12 give them, an, a, you know, give you that space, right. you know, to be included. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. Um, but, you know, you any smaller than that, to quite be honest, baby, you ain't full-figure. You know, <laughs> you go up one size and your dress size, you'll look perfectly fine, you know. So, you know. So, yes, that is a uh, size requirement. Now, when you were going through the process, Mm -hmm. um, like you said, you start to size yourself up. And I think that that's very true even in life. Yes. You know, when you're at work, when you are around friends sometimes, you sometimes start to compare your life to other people's lives or what you look like to other people. What is your advice to help people kind of combat doing that? And even when you do, like when what you said, you know, you went in the bathroom, you threw some water on your face, like, yo, I got to get me together, right? Mm-hmm. What are some things that we should be mindful of and that we should do to make sure that we're staying in our lane and focusing on our race? I really put out there is that you don't know that person's story, but you know your story. You don't know how she got where she at right now. You don't know if she's going to go and do what I did, went in the bathroom and figure it out and come back. And she looked put together. She might not be put together. And you invested yourself so much into trying to be what you see in her. And you didn't forgot all about all the things that you went through to stand upon what you're standing upon right at that very moment. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you to read your own history book. Get inspiration for some of the things that you have already triumphed through. Mm -hmm. That's why I say be your own champion. Mm -hmm. Because if you see self-awareness for you and the love for yourself, then anytime you need a trophy to sit in front of you, baby, you're going to put it in front of you. And you're going to be good. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You're going to be good. Now, have you always had this infectious personality where you just like you know, really wanted to empower other people to live their best lives and to be their best self? Well, I love people. I've been in um, a field of service for a very long time. Like I said, I I had a child very early. Mm. So my motherly instincts had to kick in very early and I had to become an adult real quick. And uh, and I learned that the more I love on people and love myself, the better things will turn out. If I'm just mean for no reason, it ain't going to help nothing. So if I can bring joy to any situation, I will. Mm-hmm. You know, even in my deepest cries, looking at the joy in a situation made me come out of it, you mm-hmm. know, and understand that, you know, <laughs> it can be worse. Like, literally, it can be worse. Right. You know, right. you don't know what can be next in your life. But if I always have this affectionate personality, like I said, I have to be a question for people around me. Mm. You know, because I really can't say or say, yep, this, uh, yep. this is me. Yeah, but some people might be calling me a whole nother name and I don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I doubt that. <laughs> um, now, with 
uh, pageantry, clearly you can enter at any age, right? No, you have to be 18 okay. to 60. And oh, our pageant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there are other pageants, of course, around the world that you can be a baby and enter right, it. Right. But in our pageant, we focus more on women. Okay. So from eighteen and sixty, you know, so sixty is a big number for some people. But uh, you know, some of them women look just as good as some girls that's in their twenties. Okay. You know. <laughs> now, with that being said, how old were you when you? Um, received your title? Well, I received Miss Full Figure Swimwear 2016 when I was 38. Okay. Uh So for some people, they may look at it and be like, oh, I'm too old for that. And even though we just heard it goes up to age 60, Mm -hmm. what would be some of the reasons why you should consider entering into this pageant? Every queen deserves a platform. If you feel like you're too old for it, honey, you are sadly mistaken. Because when you walk outside, somebody is always going to be looking upon you and really decide whether they're going to be with you or against you. So why not twirl and let people see you on the stage do it and put an impression on the world and be what you just said, which makes me feel good, be infectious to someone else. Because you have the ability to do it. Why not take a chance on yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's wrong with that? How many times did you get up and you go, oh, I don't feel like it today like I did today, you know, talking about <laughs> my makeup. Um, but you get up and you go, I, I can do this. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I would say get up, look in the mirror and know that you deserve it mm-hmm. and then move forward. So what are some of the categories that um, are a part of what you have to go through or do you pick and choose? Like, how does it work? Like, what's the behind the scenes like? Well, we're really good with, with giving people an opportunity to fit best into the pageant system for Miss Full Figure USA brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, and like I spoke, we have three categories as far as three queens that reigns. Our first queen, she is a size 12 to 18. We call her Miss DMV and she is size 12 to 18. She's ages 18 to 39. She's DMV. Okay. Then you have DMV plus. She's also 18 to 39 and she's a size 20 to 26 and above. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Squizzit, she's a size 12 and above, but she's age 40 and over. Mm-hmm. You know, and then for you to be able to win in those categories, you have to do Q&A, speech, daywear, and evening gown. Okay. You do have an option to win what we call auxiliary categories, and that's when I came in play, you know, with Miss Swimwear. So you can compete for Miss Swimwear, and that's all of the categories competing together. Mm-hmm. You can swim for Miss, um, compete for Miss Photogenic, all of them together, and Miss Talent, all of them together. So you have an opportunity to win multiple crowns. Okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, for you, when you won as Miss Swimwear 2016. What was that experience like for you? Especially knowing the things that you have been battling throughout your life. Oh, man, it was explosive. I'm going to tell you. I was like, because like, again, the girls that were competing against me, these women had some body oddies. You know, they be like the body oddies. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to make these shingles shingle? You know, because my <laughs> baby had some shingles. And I was like, this thing is going to move. Okay. And I'm going to smile and I'm going to sashay and they're going to tell me nothing. And what I was told was that my confidence shined so brightly when I hit the stage and I just gave no cares, but just seemed me. I was like, okay, so this is what confidence is all about. This is what self-awareness is all about. And I cried like a baby when I found out that I won. <laughs> but I was so excited. You, I was boo-hoo, bake up all over the place. But I was <laughs> like, do you understand? These girls had on two pieces. I want, you know, but it was all about what I brought at that very moment. So I felt so good. Now, have you been able to emulate that same passion, charisma, confidence in other areas of your life, the same way that you brought it on that stage, do you find that you translate that and transition it to other areas? I think I do. You know, um, I work in a male-driven business. I am a service lane manager at Dark Horse Toyota, and that's mostly 
men. Mm-hmm. And when people come and they have to find out, they have to talk to the manager, who's not only not a man, but she's this quirky little black girl, you know, and she got braids in her hair and a side cut, but she can educate you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That gives me that same confidence because I have to be that way right. in order to do my job properly. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not that way, they can see weakness in me and we don't do weak. <laughs> no, we no, ma'am. Weak. No, weak. so yeah, I transition that in that, and then not only that, being a mother, mm-hmm. you know, I have three beautiful daughters and one son, mm-hmm. and um, they need to see me being proud of who I am and holding my head up mm-hmm. in order for them to emulate that in their life. So that's another part of my life that I make sure that I portray the truth, mm-hmm. not just some fantasy, because they see me stripped down, honey. I can't do anything, you know, fake around now. Right. It's all the way 100. <laughs> it's all the way 100 around now. Always. <laughs> now, when you look at who you are today, mm-hmm. What would you say you would attribute a lot of your success to? My tribe. The women that I keep around me, the men that I keep around me. You know, sometimes family is not the blood. Sometimes family is the people you meet along the way. And I owe everything that I am today to my tribe because they encourage me. Now, you can go so far with yourself. You can go a long way. By mm-hmm. yourself, but it can get lonely. That's why the richest person, if they have nobody to love, they are so they so broke, mm-hmm. you know, and broken and broken. <laughs> yes, but my tribe is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have a few people that's uh, I couldn't imagine my life without. Mm-hmm. You know, and because of their energy they put into me, it makes it easy for me to put it into other people. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> now. Have you had an experience where someone in your tribe betrayed you and you had to figure out whether it was worth keeping them or letting them go? Yes. How did you handle the situation? I had to end up letting them go because some people are only here for a season. Mm -hmm. They were good for that season. And then I realized that they was not really good for me for my next level. So unfortunately, it was a very painful situation. I did not want to acknowledge it. I ignored all the signs. I was just like, no, this can't be because this person been with me for so long. They mm-hmm. really care about me, what I'm hearing, what I'm, what's been said. And then when you sit down and actually confront the person, which is you and them and nobody else, and they have no choice but to tell you the truth, you're going to. I had to make the best decision for me, and that was to just let it go. I had to walk away, and it hurt. I cried like. A baby again, <laughs> but it hurt because that person was with me for a long time, and um, it makes me tell right now. I just really thought that she was, you know, that person that I'll be mm-hmm. able to look at, oh, with a glass of wine across from her on my porch, mm-hmm. you know. And she just she it wasn't. wasn't. No. Okay, so on to something happy. (laughs) Now, you were uh, selected um, as the featured cover girl and centerfold of last summer's issue of Just Right magazine. When you found that out, how incredible of a moment was that? Man, I was running around the house. (laughs) I was running around the house, but I'm going to tell you how significant and how well God works for you. Um, July 4th of 2018, I'm sorry, 17, um, no, it was 18, I think it's 18. Last year? Me, last year, no, 17, mm-hmm. 2017, my brother, he was 30 years old, on 4th of July, he died of a heart attack, mm-hmm. and when this came around, I was like, man, this is a very morning situation for me, and I asked God, give me something that can help me with this. Mm -hmm. Because now, you know, it's coming around and I don't know how to really deal with it because he was my baby brother. Mm. And then for this to come in such a full force to give someone else inspiration, I gave myself some inspiration. So I was ecstatic. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And then when they was like, oh, we're going to do your makeup. You're going to be on the cover. Don't worry. We got a stylist for you. And then when the editor-in-chief says, oh, I thought I was going to do a Q&A with you, but after talking to you, I need you to write your story mm. because I don't think I'm going to be able to bring it to, to life. life. Mm-hmm. And and I sat there and did that. And I was, I got on my daughter nurse. She goes to North Carolina Central University. And my oldest daughter who was working, my two girls, I'm like, read this, look at this, edit this, look, check, you know, this, mm-hmm. I'm getting too much. Am I getting too deep? But it was such a fulfilling moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just jumped for joy. I jumped for joy. And then I found out it was one of her top sellers. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was, I was ecstatic. But honey. I'm still ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) Now, recently, how we met, um, we were both um, asked to participate in a branding type conversation at Bowie State University with their, I think, their PR department. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it made me want to ask you, you know, once you earn that title, I believe it's like a year long process uh, would be my guess. Mm -hmm. How do you build your brand when you're in that moment, you know, and you're going through um, letting people know this is who I am, Mm -hmm. where you can get opportunities like the one we just discussed? Like, how did you build your brand? The footwork. You put yourself in front of people. You know, social media is an excellent tool, but people like to meet you. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I see events and they're out there, I'll be present. You, they'll tell you I was everywhere. they were be like, how did you get to work this morning? Because you was in New York last week or you was in North Carolina this week. Or, because I believe in order for things to uh, manifest, you have to water it, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way you can water it is to put some water in it. Right, you know? exactly. So that's what I did. And I went out and I meet and I greet and I talk. I became approachable so people will see who I am and know where I'm here for. And I was genuine. So when you're genuine, people wants to know more and they want to invest more. So that's how it got out there. So people would be willing to put me on their platforms, mm-hmm. you know, because Excuse me, you have your own, but when somebody invites you onto theirs, you get another opportunity to share amongst an audience you never even had any um, exposure exposure to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I did, baby. Put in the footwork, you know? (laughs) Well, I appreciate you putting in the footwork because that's actually how we met by you, you you know, being somewhere. Um, So I applaud you and celebrate you. you. I think that your story is absolutely very powerful and that it will touch somebody, one of our listeners. and you're not going to go anywhere. We're actually going to invite in Miss um, Fullfigure DMV Plus 2018, which you invited her as well. So right now we're going to head into our legal minute. And when we come back, that is who you'll meet. So stay with us. Stay with us. Welcome to the WBB Legal Minute featuring Nyasha West. She's the principal attorney at West Law Firm, where she specializes in business law and family law and bankruptcy. Today, we're going to have a quick conversation about the different ways to get your business established. Now, Nyasha, what are those different entities that you can choose from when it comes time to establish your business? The most popular Entities that most business owners um, choose to go with when forming their businesses are uh, sole proprietorship, LLCs, or a corporation. Um, And the entity that you choose depends on what the business is that you're getting into. If you're getting into a business where you'll have very low interaction with the public and therefore very low liability, um, then a sole proprietorship may be a good option for you. Um, If you're getting into any other business where you're going to be interacting with the public, um, selling them goods or services, then you would want to choose an LLC or a corporation. Um, And the reason is is because um, with those entities, the business owner is personally protected. So your assets are personally protected. So if I have a business and my business is a store and somebody comes into my store and slips and falls, if I have an LLC or a corporation, the person who slipped and fell would sue the company and they wouldn't sue me. Mm -hmm. So what this means is that my house and my personal assets are protected and they would be limited to the assets of the, of the The company. company. Yes. Okay. Now really quickly, 
What's the difference between an S-corp and a corp? So an S-corp is a corporation that doesn't have self-employment taxes, um, whereas a corporation has a whole host of other um of other taxes that the um, business would have to pay. Um, the biggest problem, not problem, but with uh, C corporations, um, the business owner may be subjected to double taxation mm-hmm. um, on their dividends. With the S corp, um, they wouldn't be subjected to double taxation. Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was great. Thank you so much for sharing this legal minute with us. You're welcome. All right. To learn more, how do people get in contact with you? You can contact me at the West Law Firm. My website address is nawestlaw.com or my telephone number is 301-798-4100. All right, awesome. Thank you and stay tuned for the rest of The Woman Behind the Business. Welcome back to the Women Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Ivis, and we have been speaking with Miss Loren Coleman Ross, Miss Full Figure USA Swimwear 2016. Now, she's brought one of her fellow pageant queens to join us, so I'm elated to introduce you to Miss Latrice Wiggins, Miss Full Figured DMV Plus 2018. Latrice Wiggins, a.k.a. the Curvy Butterfly, is an educator by nature and training and uses it to propel young boys and girls to pursue their goals and aspirations. She is also the founder of the Curvy Butterfly Closet, a program that seeks to provide chic and trendy clothing to full-figure young women living in foster care while also rebuilding their confidence through mentoring. Welcome to the show, Latrice. Oh, thank you. That was quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> She's good at it. Yes. You are good at it. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> um, so I absolutely love the mission of your brand. Thank you. Um, what was the genesis behind it? So I think for me, um, growing up, I grew up, my family was supportive, but we had some struggles. And I knew that it was very hard for me as a young teen to find clothing. I've always been full-figured. I've always been plus. And that was one of the things that I struggled with in school because you don't find the chic and trendy clothing and you don't always look great in people's opinion when you go into schools. (laughs) And people's people's opinion. opinion, Because I I felt like I looked amazing. But that's another story. (laughs) Um, But you don't always have what people would consider popular. And you aren't always on the in crowd. And clothing can be a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I specifically knew I wanted to focus on children because that's my passion. I'm in education. I love children. Mm -hmm. And then I said I wanted to focus on a population of children that are often forgotten Mm -hmm. and children living in foster care. I think that's one of the we don't often think about the struggles that they have on top of being taken away sometimes from their families or dealing with things of that nature. They also then have to struggle with looking the part or going to school and feeling like they are part of a crowd. Mm -hmm. And I've personally dealt with students that have been homeless or had to be in foster care. And I know that that was one of the things that they struggle with. And then add on the other layer of being fuller figured. Mm. So I think that was the genesis behind when I thought of my platform and where I really wanted to make an impact. I wanted it to be somewhere that I know that I would see the change and in a community that I think is often forgotten. Now, have you seen a change from working with these young girls? So I've seen, so I'll go back. Our first, um, I started the, last year, actually. So our first inception was the holiday drive and we provided, we uh, worked with Hearts and Homes mm-hmm. in Baltimore and we were able to fill the wish list of two of the homes. So we were able to give the girls everything that they had put on their wish list. Oh, wow. And so when I went to drop everything off, I was not expecting the response that I got, which was, oh, my goodness, did you really were you able to do all of this? And we were. I mean, friends, family, connections on social media, everyone came out to support mm-hmm. um, the second half of it now is that we're trying to get in and do mentoring because it's more than just providing the items. It's also rebuilding the confidence. So I am confident that we will see a change as we get in and start to work with these young ladies more over time. Um, but I think to say, I don't want to say, yes, I've seen it kind of mm-hmm. change in mm-hmm. that way as yet. But I think that as we continue to move in that direction, 
I think with anything, you're building confidence, you're mentoring, um, you will definitely see an impact that takes place. Now, when you say rebuilding confidence, what Mm -hmm. would you say is the first step to rebuilding that confidence? Oh, I would say the first step is loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that for me personally. I think that so confidence isn't something that's just that fuller figured women struggle with. I think that people, everybody struggles Mm -hmm. with confidence. But what I've learned is that I put a lot of stock in allowing people to tell me who I was Mm -hmm. before I was able to tell myself who I was. So who are you? So I am. Oh, great question. I am spunky. I am charismatic. I'm a lover. I'm a giver. I'm beautiful. And I'm not just beautiful on the outside. I'm beautiful on the inside. I want to empower, inspire, unify the plus community, um, as well as just our community in general. I'm an awkward black girl at heart. Um, <laughs> I am a teacher. I am a mother to my students. Um, I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. And I think all of those things are the makings of a queen. I guess all of that goes into a queen. I am a queen. So that when I think of those many hats that I wear, that's that's who I would how I would describe myself. Okay, and so going back to I rudely interrupted you. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> going back to how you create mm-hmm. um, that confidence mm-hmm. or reintroduce that mm-hmm. confidence to young girls, you were saying that you believe that it starts with self love yes. and teaching them that. Yes, yes, and I think that it's one of the things that I see my students struggle with. Um, sometimes I say. You're not mad at her. You're mad at you, but you don't know how to articulate what you're feeling inside of yourself. And I know for me, I did not love myself. I can honestly say that I looked in the mirror and all those things that I just named when you asked me who I was. Um, Miss Lorene will tell you, a year ago, I would have I was this introverted, oh, shy young lady. I would not have been able to name all of those things for you because I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. And so this process in itself of growing and beginning to actually look in the mirror and see that I am uniquely created for a purpose Mm -hmm. has changed the inside of me, which I think now radiates on the outside. And that love that I'm not waiting for validation for someone else. I'm not waiting for someone else to tell me that I'm beautiful or that I'm charismatic or that I'm spunky or that I'm an awkward black girl. Mm -hmm. I own those things for myself. I look at myself and that's how I see me. And I think that now is the process of beginning to tell someone, okay, this is how you go about doing it for yourself. This is how you can move. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. There are there were times during the pageant I cried. I was ready to quit. <laughs> um, and there were moments that I did not think that I could do it, but it's a there was a network of people that were also there to help lift me up and pour into me mm-hmm. and to speak words over me about loving myself when I didn't even know how to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important as well. You have to surround yourself with those po- that positive positive energy, that tribe um, that Miss Lorene spoke about. You have to surround yourself with that because sometimes they're going to pour into you before you can even start to fill yourself up. And then you'll say, hey, now I can do this for me. I, mm-hmm. I can I can look at myself and be able to do this for me. Now, why did you enter into the pageant? Oh, okay. That's a that's a so that is a story. I entered into the pageant. Um, so first, I think I was at a place where I was genuinely looking for. I came to a point in my life where I wanted to feel confident. I say I had been faking confidence for a very long time. So my grandmother always told me, fake it till you make it. And I took that literally. (laughs) And I didn't realize that at 31 years old, I was still pretending to be confident. But when I went home at night, I would cry or I would be in a room of women and I'd be comparing myself against them. And I feel like I wasn't good enough and I didn't measure up. But on the outside, I presented very well. You would never know that. And I wanted to feel on the inside 
like what, what, I, you're exuding. what I was exuding on the outside. Mm-hmm. People are like, you're so confident. And I'm like, you don't know. I just cried myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wanted to begin to feel something different. And so I actually started following um, one of my pageant sisters that won um, Miss Photogenic in 2017, Miss Akila. Mimi Benjamin. I started following her and she was posting about this pageant. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this pageant that I keep seeing her post about? And I reached out to her um, and she just kind of encouraged me to do it. If you know Mimi, she's like, go do it. You can do this. I'm like, I don't think I can do it. And I actually, the day of audition. Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> the day of She tried to not come. I did. I tried to not come. Because I didn't have heels. I was like, I don't have the shoes. Um, I don't, I'm not going to be able to walk in the shoes like the other girls. In my mind, I've started to self-loathe and talk myself out of it. And Mm -hmm. I called and I was like, I don't have what you're asking for. I don't have the heels. And she told me. She got the director personally. Yes, I did get the director personally. (laughs) (laughs) And she told me to just come with what I had. Come with what I was able to come with. And... Mm -hmm. That was I kind of that was the door that I would say opened everything up for me. And as um, I guess as crazy as it sounds, I knew when I got there, that was where I was supposed to be. Mm. So it um, it the transformation. Sometimes I look back and I, I am amazed uh, to to see where I've come from. And I know she's amazed like a proud mother to see where I come Baby. from. <laughs> Um, but yes, just going through that process, being able to to say, I want to do this for me. I can genuinely sit here before you now and say, I feel on the inside what I have been faking on the outside all those years. And it is amazing. I wouldn't trade that feeling for anything in the world. Yay. I love her. <laughs> I love you, Queen. I love you too. Girl. Now... A lot of people say size doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? But I think it's fair to say that everyone, everyone of y'all listening, has had some bout of um, feeling a lack of confidence when it comes to their weight. Mm-hmm. Or um, even feeling like, you know, oh my God, like depressed that they've allowed mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. to gain, mm-hmm. you know, weight and things like that. How do you encourage people to own who they are and where they are in this very moment, but also practice um, good self-care? Hmm. You want to start? So I really feel like it's a thing called happy weight. You find what's make you happy first. Mm-hmm. If you're really uncomfortable in something, I'm going to tell you to do what you need to do to get where you need to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Then once you get comfortable, appreciate where you at. You know, if you want to be a certain way, you need to dig into that and get to that place. But you're not going to do it for somebody else. If you continue to look at yourself and you be so obsessed with what somebody else wants you to look like, you're never going to get it. You're never going to be there. If you ever heard of what they call the story, Store size. I can go in one store and be a size in that store in this particular outfit and go in another store and be that size in that particular outfit. It's their perception. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you got to get a good perception of what you want to look like, how you want to feel. It's amazing me. When I go to the doctor, they always looking for me to have high blood pressure. I don't have it. <laughs> Stop looking. Stop looking. They mm-hmm. trying to check here and check there and check here. Some of the smallest people I know are unhealthy because mm-hmm. they don't take care of their body and they're putting the right things in their mouth. But we equate being thick as unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's really not always that way. So find your happy weight. And then once you get there, appreciate it. Love it and living in self worth. So, and uh, along with that, I think I would say um, body positivity. That's a movement that everyone has kind of come into now. But I think that when we say body positivity, we always attach it to being fuller figured. Mm-hmm. Body positivity is being positive or being happy, like Ms. Serene said, with the body that you're in. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things that I think it takes, even if you're saying, "Okay, I want to." 
adapt or change something for myself, let it be for you. If it is something health related or how you feel as far as you, um, you know, what you look like or whatever you see in the mirror that you want to change for yourself, let it be for you, not for someone else. I think that we one think that every full figured woman wants to change the way that they look to fit whatever society has told you that you should look like. So I, I would I am a proponent for doing what makes like you said, what makes you happy, being positive and loving the body that you're in, because guess what? If you lose the weight and you still hate yourself, you're just going to be a skinny hateful. You're still going to hate yourself. It does angry all the time. Now you're skinny, hungry, and And angry. (laughs) (laughs) Because you thought that doing that was going to make you happy. I think that we believe that changing things about ourselves is what makes us happy and That's not reality. So I would encourage anyone to do the thing that makes them happy. Um, Accept yourself. Love yourself where you are. And if you look in the mirror and say, I want to adapt something about myself because this is how I feel about it, Mm -hmm. then by all means do Do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. No, I just I think that a lot of people, even, you know, like you said, people who are smaller, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like. Oh my God, like I feel like, I mean, I've been there um, where I'm like, oh my God, I've gained so much weight. Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? And I think that all of us, okay, well, maybe it's just me, have had like moments where in the morning your belly is like super. It's called bloat. It's like, well, no, like it's super small. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and you be that like, only happened when yeah. I lay down. Oh, Lord, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, for the rest of my listeners, anybody else out there in the morning, you wake up and you be like, yes, yeah. look at this belly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a couple hours go by, you eat something, you're like, yo, what, what happened? <laughs> this body con ain't fitting no more. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I, I think we all have those moments yes. of like insecurity mm-hmm. when it when it comes to our bodies. I agree. And, yes. and you know, how we view ourselves. Yes. Now, when you talk about confi- confidence, it can be a loaded word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when... We walk into places, Mm -hmm. you know, we sometimes, like you said earlier, we look at the next person. Mm -hmm. We, you know, compare how and sometimes even like the person that we're with, are they looking at other people? And we start, you know, this whole psychological thing like, oh, who you looking at? Why are you over there? That was my whole story all last week. Me and my husband was in Cancun, Mexico for our anniversary. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, all them little tiny things was walking around and anything but... (laughs) Clothing. <laughs> and I'm looking around. I'm like, why you keep looking? <laughs> looking at, you know. He was like, I ain't even look. <laughs> you know, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, you ain't looked yet. You ain't looked yet. Yes. <laughs> Already blaming him. Sorry. Right. And so, I, I, I think it's a very real thing that we just have to be cognizant of. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I don't mind pointing out somebody be like, yo, you see this person? I know you're going to look, so let me just go on and point them out right. before yeah. you right. look. You know what I mean? Like, to help with my self-confidence, yes. too. Um, so, how do you, when it comes to relationships, handle sometimes having she's cracking up I am (laughs) handle sometimes having insecurities when it comes to you know are you looking for something else oh I get I'll start with this one since you looked over at me um so I'm gonna be transparent and say that that is a personal struggle that I have um one I think, like you just said, so I think we all have it. Mm -hmm. But then let's add on the layer of being a more fuller figure woman. And I think that sometimes I'm like, are you, did you, I just saw you look over there. (laughs) I know you looked over there. But it, one, I will say it's come clear that that I'm the one that's doing more looking than they are. So I am pointing it out. It's like, I didn't even see it. But since you pointed it out to me, now, of course, I'm I'm looking, I'm going to look. Um, So I think that in that regard, for me, I say I try to people that I date, um, 
I am the person that has the conversation. Like, look, what type of women do you like? So we don't even have to cross this bridge. I don't want to be something that you're dating because you... Your friend over here said they like someone plus size. You want to try it out? I need to know <laughs> what type of women do you like to date? That is probably my own insecurity. And then I think also, though, I found that the more I'm open about it and the more conversations I have about it, it's it doesn't become an issue because it's understanding that, OK, if you need a little bit more of that reassurance, then I'm going to reassure you. Um, I've dated people that are that tell me every day that I'm beautiful. Um, make sure that I know that I'm gorgeous despite my size. I can honestly say I have probably most of my relationships. They've wanted me to not lose weight versus lose weight. So it's not as weight has never been an issue for me in a relationship. And I have not had trouble getting a relationship, which is another misconception that people like to think. I have not had trouble with that. So I think that the more I'm finding as I get older that I surround myself with people that have the same mindset as me, Mm -hmm. it gets a little bit easier to um, feel as if I am meeting all of their needs in a relationship because I also feel like I'm a person, I'm more stimulated mentally than I am physically. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dating people that are more mentally stimulated than they are physically stimulated. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a plus as well. Uh, It adds in another layer. Mm -hmm. And I also find the more that I, I think this is everyone. When you look in the mirror, you say, I look good. I feel good. And if you don't like it, guess what, Joker? You can go on because someone else will. They're going to love it. They're going to love it. And I think that... That, that is another layer as well. So I think all of those things together is it's it ties into those relationships and dating and um I think there are a lot of misconceptions sometimes when it comes to being fuller figured in dating mm-hmm. that I have not experienced and I'm saying this personally, I not had issues <laughs> dating. In my 33 years of life. Well, I'll be 33 April 13th, so not quite there yet. April 13th. April 13th. You gotta let it be birthday, girl. Uh, Well, for myself, I mean, as a lot of people may know, I have been married for 16 years now. And usually when I say that, it's like a foreign language to people. They're like, wait a minute, you've been married for 16 years? And before I was married in, in the dating world, I, too, never really had a problem with getting people in, but it was a problem with getting some substance from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sex is sex, period. You know, people have partners. You can have sex and walk away from somebody. That's why you have those one-night stands and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to that grit of getting to know somebody, and as Latrice say, mental stimulation, where I can sit down and have a conversation with you and not looking for my phone for we can't have dinner, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or back then, be like, okay, where my friend at before I can get away from here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or something was more important. Now, you had those who would get upset because they didn't want to admit that they like a woman of my size or mm-hmm. what I look like. Mm-hmm. So they would joke and make fun of you, but then behind the mm-hmm. door, they in your ear yeah, talking about, yeah, they in your ear. Like, you know, I was just blind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Joker, keep on moving, playing. Right. I ain't playing space playing. tonight. Playing. You know, you don't win. <laughs> you know, you don't get it. You know, but um, being uh, very transparent with your partner and communication with them was very important with me. You know, uh, my husband and I, we didn't came a long way, but people know when you see me, you mm-hmm. see him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, at one point, you know, would... Say, cause I'm the I'm the social butterfly. Mm-hmm. He's not. He can mm-hmm. sit in the corner and be, be cool. Just fine. Yeah, be just mm-hmm. fine. He has transitioned because he's like, okay, so she's gonna leave me mm-hmm. wherever I'm at if I'm not willing mm-hmm. to go up. Not to make him any difference, right. but. You have to be you. Yeah, I have to be me. And we found a balance. And it's been relationships where there was no daggone balance. You know, these people would say things to try to break you, to make you feel like you needed them to be something different. Mm -hmm. Or for me to be seen, I had to be seen with you in order for people to find me relevant. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely not going to happen. And, uh, you know, because I'm not the light-skinned girl sometimes and not the smaller girl, I'm not as desirable to some people, but that was okay, too. But what I have learned through this process, and now I'm 40, (laughs) 40 years old, is that 
people only do what you allow them to do. Yes. So if you're in a relationship and you allow non-communication and you still successfully being in it, just to be in it, that is your fault. Amen. <laughs> So on that note, ladies, we have come to the point in the show where we move into our moments from the valley. Oh. Um, but I'll, I'll give you kind of the down low on what moments from the valley is. I'm listening. I'm like, moments from the valley. So this is essentially the point in the show where you share a valley moment. Um, some experience that you did not know how you were going to get out of it. But we would ask that you share how you got out of the moment, what the moment was, and what was waiting for you on the other side. And so I'll give you a few minutes to think about that. And we are going to listen to one of my favorite artists, uh, Miss India Ari. Stay with us. I love India. She's good. Brown skin. You know I love your brown skin. I can't tell where yours begins. I can't tell where mine is. Up against my brown skin Need some every now and then Brown skin, you know, it's my brown. 
Hey, ladies, we are back. And Lauren, we are going to start with you. Well, my Valley moment, it's probably something that a lot of people are not really thinking I was going to come out with. But it's when I found out that I had to tell my mom that I was pregnant mm-hmm. with my daughter. <clears throat> and I will tell you how old I was. I was 15 years old. And I was like, how in the heck I'm going to tell this woman that will hit me with anything around her that I'm pregnant, you know? And you sit down and you realize you have to make a decision. Um, I did call my best friend in the whole wide world was my cousin. Her name is Nakia White. And I told her, and she literally cried with me. And then I thought, okay, so people are going to think that I'm not going to be nothing in life. And then I said, okay, how am I going to overcome this? So eventually, I did not tell my mother right away. I got too big for my uniform. And my dance instructor called my mom and told her to take me to the emergency room because she thought something was wrong with me and came to find out they told her I was pregnant. And at that moment, I could do nothing but bowl up in a corner because my mama went ham. She beat my butt with a brush. I told y'all she beat me with a brush, really. She was on saying, but me and my mom gathered together. And this is how we overcome it. We said, we're going to love this child. And we're going to love you. You're going to finish school. You're going to get you your education. You're going to get a job. So I prayed. And that's how I overcome it. I went to the Lord and Savior and got on my knees and said, this is, I need your help to help me succeed. Then I got my butt up and I did everything I needed to do to be the best mom and the best me for my daughter. And went over that valley with no problem. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Latrice. So I would say um, my valley moment was probably when I graduated from college with my undergraduate degree. Um, Ironically, so I got my bachelor's degree in elementary education. And so I went through this entire process with a group of friends. We get close when you're in, you know, you're following each other. And we come to the point where I have to intern. And I realized that I did not complete a course or I didn't take a test that I was supposed to take. And I needed to graduate in April. So I am I'm currently I work as a reading specialist. I taught math. It is not the thing that I love to teach. I will tell anybody it is not my favorite. And it happened to be math that I had to pass this test. So I end up that day, my friends that were interning with me, we literally prayed. Like, I mean, about 25 of us joined hands and prayed because the dean of the college education said, don't tell anybody, because um, if you do, we're going to have to pull you from your internship. And everyone joined hands in that moment. And all they could do and all I could do was pray and cry and believe that something was going to happen. I failed this test three times up until the last time that I had to take it, which was graduation was May. I had to take the test the end of April. And I remember I had a tutor and I remember calling my best friend before I went in to take the test. Oh, I hadn't told my family that I'm, <laughs> I, w- I was possibly not graduating. So everybody was very excited to be coming to see me graduate. And I may not have been graduating. I didn't tell them because m- my grandma was going to kill me. I couldn't tell her that. So I called my best friend and before I went in to take the test and she prayed with me and they tell you the results right then and there. So, you know, whether you pass or fail, whether you graduate or you don't. And I just can remember in that moment thinking about it's it's crazy what you sit and think about when you get in those moments, Mm because I thought about all the years that I spent in college and what I could have done. And I thought of all the I guess, sacrifices that my grandmother and my family had made for me to be there. And I'm praying like, Lord, when I click this button, I need to see it pass because if I don't, I'm going, they're going to literally kill me. And I ended up passing the test. And I think that all I could reflect on and think about in that was one, the faithfulness of God. I think that sometimes you get to a point in your life and you say, you have to have faith that it's going to work out because you have to believe that God has brought you there for a purpose. And two, I think it also goes back to that tribe because those people prayed for me. My friends were calling me every, that were interning with me, were calling me every week. Like, do we need to stay? 
study. Let's I'm going to come help you help tutor you. There were people that held me up in that moment and didn't let me fall. And I just remember going through life with that saying like, hey, surrounding yourself with the right type of people is important. And it may not be always your family. It might be friends that become family. And so I think that that is something that I've kept with me, that having that network, having those people with you is important with sometimes elevating and pushing you to your next level. So that's my valley moment. Yay. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for sharing. Yes. I, I did. So, wait, let's just ask. This was a math class that you kept filming? A math yes. test? Yeah. Okay, so you don't teach math, right? No, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure. Mm-hmm. I'm literacy. Literacy. I can help you with it. I can. I can help you understand how to decode, comprehend. Don't ask me an equation. I can't help you with that. <laughs> well, we all have to know our strengths and our weaknesses. Yes. All right, ladies, would you like to share some social media with the audience? Um, I would like to share the pageant social media first. Uh, we invite you to follow our journeys to the crown. Our current crown queens are going to nationals in April. Ooh. But you'll follow us at Miss MS4 F-U-L-L figure F-I-G-U-R-E-D. DMV Pageant on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also follow me, Lorene Coleman Ross, on Instagram at Lady Ross, which is L A D I R O S S, or on Facebook at Lorene Ross, L O R R I N E R O S S. Wonderful. And you can follow me on Instagram at the T H E Curvy K U R V Y Butterfly. B-U-T-T-E-R-F-L-Y and you will see my pageant as well as my aspiring modeling that I am doing as well as you'll get to follow the platform as I continue to work that into the community, the Curvy Butterfly Closet. So Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, ladies, both for being our guests. It has truly been a pleasure. Thank you. have been you. awesome. You have y'all. been. Aww. You have been. This Thank has been amazing. Somebody knew how to name you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is our show for today. Please be sure to check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering for the Woman Behind the Business Retreat titled Vision 2020, using using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. Mm. It's all happening in, on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th, 2020 at Bahamar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com slash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at wbbtalk. A special thank you to our show producer, Kyle Murdoch, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.